This podcast is sponsored by Lelièvre Paris. Founded in 1914, Lelièvre Paris creates contemporary fabrics and wallpapers, taking inspiration from its 400-year-old archive of historical weaving that's still located in Lyon, France. Visit lelièvreparis.com for more. But I think a house needs to evolve. And, you know, I collect things as I'm travelling all around the world and you kind of move it about. And it's really important to me that it doesn't feel like it's just someone's just come in and done it. And I think jewellery is like that. You know, jewellery is like that. You wear it different ways and, and you kind of look at it differently. But it doesn't mean it's out of fashion. It's just what context is. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse magazine. Welcome to the House Guest podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses, hotels, shops and brands you see in glossy magazines like ours. If you listen on the Entail app, there's more information and images on the projects and people mentioned. And if you're doing up your own home, hopefully you'll pick up some tips for yourself. Today, I'm joined by Anushka Dukas, who founded Links of London with her husband, John, in 1990, and later her own eponymous jewellery business. Anushka has an MBE. She has been living in the same house in Sussex for over 26 years. She's been immersed in design, has lots of strings to her bow, and a big charity aspect to a lot of the things you do. Anyway, Anushka, welcome. We're going to come on to all that. It's very nice to see you. Lovely to see you, Carol. Thank you. Now, I grew up with Links of London. It was just the go-to for gifting or buying yourself something special. Give us a little bit of the story behind how you started out. It was a very unlikely, uh, it was a very unlikely way to start. But really, my mother had a fish business and she used to supply fish to all the best restaurants on, in London. So Gavroche, Annabelle's, Connell, you know, all the very best. So she had 60 restaurants she used to supply. And um, at the time, I was living in Hong Kong. And she rang me. She said, look, I need 60 presents for these chefs. Have you got any ideas? I was like, no, not really. I mean, I'm, I was selling property in Hong Kong. I was working in Hampton. And, um, but I rang her back and said, actually, I'd just been to the Philippines. And I found a rather amazing workshop. So I said, well, why don't we find a picture of some fish in a book? We'll make them into cufflinks. And you can give those to your chefs. We did that and it was cheaper to make double. So we made 120 pairs of these fish, fish cufflings on one side and fish bones on the other. So I sold the first 60 to my mother and I had an extra 60. By which time I moved back to London and um, I thought, well, OK, I'll, I'll bring the buyer at Harvey Nichols, see whether they're interested. And I, you know, I remember her name was Fiona Duff and she was such a lovely lady. And she said, when I went to see her, she said, well, look, I can't, I can't take one design, but it was at a time, you'll remember, you know, it was at a time when the only cufflinks you could really buy that weren't very expensive cufflinks were those silk knots. Yeah. Like, do you remember those kind of? Yeah. And um, anyway, she said, look, I can't take one design, but if you can design a collection, come back and see me. I think she thought she'd never see me again, actually. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I did that, went back to see her, and I had kind of, pig head and mum and golf bag and ball and various kind of things. And anyway, she took all these designs. I literally rang every friend I knew and I said, can you just go to Harvey Nichols, buy these cufflinks? Don't worry, I'll buy them back from you, but just buy them. Anyway, so that's what happened. And she rang me and she said, 
English because sales are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was kind of the beginning of Links of London, I guess, in um, 1990. And now you have your own store, Anushka. Still with your husband, John, he's still helping with the business? Oh, yeah, no, very much so. We're, we're, a, we're a very good team. He is, a, he is a kind of strategist and very much about the future, and I'm very much on design and everything that you kind of see. And so how, how have you moved on from the fish and cufflinks? Where's your sort of design head now? I think it's really subconscious how it's happened, actually, but Links of London was very much at a kind of, I think my, my design has followed me in terms of as I get older and more ancient. Um, but at the time, you know, Lynx was, well, I had four children and, you know, they were given christening presents and things. And so I designed presents for them. And as they got older, started designing charms. And, you know, so, so that's, that's what happened. And then as we started uh, Anushka, I guess, 11 years ago now, and the reason I started was really because I couldn't find kind of what I wanted to wear it was either it was very little between what links represented all sterling silver and all kind of quite fun things and the very high jewelers and in order to get something that was you know quite uh, unique you you'd have to commission something so I ended up actually just making my own designs for myself in 18 karat gold because I think that kind of 18 karat gold as you get older, is more flattering on the skin. I think it's softer. So that's kind of how I started, really. And I wanted my jewellery to be really playful and feel wonderful. And I didn't want it to be corporate jewellery in that in the way that, you know, you, it's instantly recognisable. And actually, to... in as far as sustainability, if, if you can afford it, that's what we should be buying. Talk yeah, I really think... Effort about plate and and the real thing i mean yes i i, I mean i've always since since we started initially it's always been 18 karat gold and i think that is you know it will be here it'll be here in 500 years time we're still you know as you know we're still it'll get passed down and it gets better that get i think the thing about 18 karat gold is it gets better the pattern gets better with age everything about it and it holds these wonderful kind of memories you know I um, and I I think there's a real there's a lot of confusion out there. Whereas a lot of people talk about gold jewelry, but the consumer, a lot of the consumers don't know the difference between gold jewelry, which could easily be gold plate and rub off, and you know it might rub off in five months, um, and then suddenly that's what's that, what's the use of that? Then it's landfill. Then it's really you know can be replated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, I think the thing with 18 karat gold is it it will last forever and it is such a lovely thing to be I'm sure you've been left things which mean a lot to you you knew you know that what the story is behind it and that's such an important part of our kind of way I design yeah um, um, and you you've said that you create what you like to wear comfortable versatile unfussy but that also tells a story does that go for your taste in how you live and have you got involved with interior design inevitably i have and i guess my children will say well, you've got an opinion about everything <laughs> 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 you 
and why but in terms of you know yeah I love interior design and my, you know growing up um I grew up with my mother and my mother was Russian and we were lucky enough I, I guess I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by really beautiful uh beautiful arts and pieces of furniture because my grandfather was a collector and my great uncle was the icon specialist for Christie's for many, many years. So, so I guess, you know, it, it's one of those things that I have grown up with beautiful things my whole life. And I love interior design, but I like things to evolve in, a bit like jewelry, as I was saying, you know, I think it's really important that for me, we've been in this house 26 years and there are still bits of it, which I probably haven't noticed because <laughs> I've been here so long. Well, I'm Frank, I said, you, do like design, don't you? But why have you got a bare light bulb? I'm like, oh yeah. That's about that. <laughs> um, but I think a house needs to evolve. And you know, I collect things as I'm traveling all around the world and you kind of move it about. And that it's really important to me that it doesn't feel like it's just someone's just come in and done it. It feels very different to a house that's just been decorated and done and handed the keys to a house that's evolved, you've collected things, you've moved things around, you you know, so, and I think jewelry is like that. You know, jewelry is like that. You wear it different ways, and and you kind of look at it differently. But it doesn't mean it's out of fashion. It's just what context is it. And what about things like color and pattern? Do you like to be surrounded by those? Oh my goodness! I mean, I I love color. I really really love color uh, and pattern, but I, which is a problem because I really like it. But so I'd wear it. I love colour to wear. I'm not wearing it now, but um, but I do love colour and pattern, which is not perfect for showing jewellery off. So you don't really want to be wearing masses of pattern if you're trying to show your jewellery. So I quite have to kind of focus on that a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, my, my house is full of every possible colour. I'd love to have a kind of white, quiet house, but everything in me evolves to. <laughs> the mad colour and um, yeah, you say that though but would you actually feel w comfortable in it would it be soothing I you know I wonder really it's it you know if you're so used to be if you're drawn to colour so much would it really be ideal for you to be in a white space I don't know but when I do go to other people's houses that are very calm and white I sometimes think gosh maybe I should just start again <laughs> But you might be right. I, I might, it might be good for, a, you know, a weekend or a week. But I think ultimately, I just, I can't help it. I love colour. It makes me happy. It makes me smile. Um, I find it very uplifting. What about working with interior designers? I read a piece for your London home, which I think was a, it was a piece in the standard. I don't know how long, long ago it would have been with, when you worked with Tino Zervadacci. Have I said yes. that correctly? Tino, uh, Tino Zavadaki, <laughs> he's half Irish and half Greek, so he's quite, <laughs> he is one of my oldest, oldest friends, um, and he's absolutely brilliant in terms of, so our house in London, um, it's a tiny little house, but actually, weirdly, weirdly, actually, I saw the house uh, advertised in Country and Townhouse a long time ago, and I fell in love with the house, completely fell in love with the house, this little Georgian cottage, hidden, you'd never know where it was. Very lots of lateral space which, and a lovely garden. And anyway, I fell in love with this house, came home, I said, John, we found this gorgeous house. 
anyway, he fell in love with the house. It's a bit kind of weird. Some of the rooms were weird. And I saw it. So I rang Tina and I said, you've got to just come and make sure we can make, make this work. Anyway, so we bought it. Anyway, so, yeah, so when we bought it, I got him to come and help me with it because he's kind of brilliant with small spaces and make just immensely practical. Um, got quite a very eclectic kind of eye and has just got, it looks like Jackson Pollock's been in the all over the wallpaper. It's kind of like people have just been <laughs> paint splats all over the wallpaper, but it's just fantastic. Very, very different from our house in Sussex here. In that it's quite simple, it's quite, it's quite minimal, still lots of colour, but it's very minimal, it hasn't got endless kind of bits and pieces everywhere. And it's just a it's just a I find it incredibly relaxing to be in. You also own a pub. We own a pub, we own a pub in our village. It's called the Horse and Groom in East Ashling and um, bought it three years ago, I guess, and then kind of gutted it. And it's got 10 bedrooms and we kind of literally finished the last bedroom just before. In fact, I think on like the 16th of March, 2020, mm. lockdown. Great timing. <laughs> but presumably it's up and running and, and probably full every night now, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, it's great. That was a that was a real challenge though because you know with a pub it closed it pretty much redid it in fact did redid everything with the exception of the bar which the bar is kind of rather divine and um, actually Laurence Olivier used to sit in the bar and write his write his scripts because oh, the Titch the theatre so close so we didn't change any of that but um, we changed we closed the pub for three weeks. And we did the whole thing, new kitchen, new everything in three weeks, including a lot of the bedrooms. So, you know, if we, it was very, very stressful. And what about um, the charitable arm of, of your business? So you, you were involved with Give a Future and then you've also got something coming up called The Brilliant Breakfast, which is a fantastic name for an initiative with the Prince's Trust, I think. Tell us about those. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of really feel that it's so important. I always have felt that it's very important to be doing something to give back. And I've, I've um, for years, I mean, actually, funny enough, I was thinking about why this has happened. But for years, almost since I've started in the jewellery business, I've felt it really important to mentor young girls, young women. And maybe that's because, you know, when I went into the jewellery business 30 years ago, it was very male male orientated weirdly because now it's changed it is changing but I mean at the time everybody all the craftsmen everybody I kind of dealt with were men I think so I think I've always kind of been pretty passionate about helping young young women and give a future is in Ethiopia and that's all about microfinance so where we're helping people we're giving them lending them lending them 30 pounds teaching them how to save and the principles of running a little business and it could be literally you know it could be that they go to the big market in, in Addis Ababa and bring lettuces back but sell them at the end of their road and what's so pleasing about about seeing that and having seen it on the ground is you know these women have never they've never saved they've never had any money and so when they come uh, to learn about to learn about 
what they might do. You know, they, they can't even look up, they, they, they can't look at you in the eye. And then six months later, they come back, they stand tall, they look you in the eye, they're so unbelievably proud. And it's so, um, you know, women are incredibly powerful in that each woman we help, we think, helps between six and 10 immediate family, immediate friends and family. So it's very, very powerful. Mm. And, um, so the Brilliant Breakfast is very much about helping the young women that the Princess Trust support. And Chrissy Rucker, uh, who runs a white company, set up Women Supporting Women. And she got me, asked me if I'd get involved. And I just felt so strongly that I didn't want it to be a gala dinner. I didn't want it to be all of those things. And as I was talking to my own friends, it was became very clear that they kind of knew, kind of knew what Princess Trust do, but they were a bit embarrassed. They didn't really know. And once they discovered what they do to help young people, and last year they celebrated a million young people they've helped, so it's pretty awesome. But once they discovered what they do, they then assumed that it's funded by Prince Charles, which also couldn't be further from the truth. So um, I wanted to set up something that felt very, very inclusive, that's kind of nationwide, will grow annually, and is much closer to be peer-to-peer, -peer, so that people understand it, people know who they're helping and perhaps understand a bit of what the people they're helping are going through, as opposed to the big gala dinner and all of those things where, you know, definitely have a place but it's a very different thing so are you hosting a breakfast or are you I'm hosting a breakfast but the idea is that everybody should host a breakfast doesn't it really it could be it could be a, a you know a, an egg and a, and a piece of toast uh, but ask your friends colleagues just get together and donate whatever you can so there's no donation too small so that is feels it is got to be really inclusive. So the intention is in a few years time that every household in the country should have, uh, should be having a breakfast. And, and we've got a big target. We've got, we're trying to raise a million pounds this year, in year two. And we managed um, just in the kind of start, like we only started it last year, but last year we raised 330,000, despite the rule of six. <laughs> breakfast via anyway. zoom <laughs> yeah yeah but it could be anyway now <laughs> yeah. and so you look on the brilliant breakfast website or the princess trust website you look you you uh register on www.thebrilliantbreakfast.co.uk okay. and then from there it should be very very easy perfect so anushka just tell us what your um, latest collection that you're working on my latest collection, weirdly, most jewellers start, start by doing this, but uh, my latest collection is kind of bridal or love and commitment collection, which is all about exactly that. And I'm very excited about it, actually, because it's taken me 11 years to get there. <laughs> but I started it really because we celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary, which I think is quite a bloody good actually <laughs> I am taking my hat off to you as we speak <laughs> but I think what I, what I why I started with because I kind of started to reimagine it this is my engagement ring and I have literally worn it every day since I've been engaged 
But I thought, well, if I was doing it now, how would I do it differently? Would I do it differently is the answer. And I think the, the only thing I thought I'd do differently is I might want to wear it different ways. And this is, you can really only wear it this way. So describe the ring that you're wearing, because it's quite, it's quite large. It's got quite a large face. It's just a little oval ruby, and it's, it's, it's got baguette rubies going down the shoulders, and then it's a kind of hexagon. It's really a kind of... It's very, very like, pretty. It, and yeah. then as you, you know see... It looks, little, like, it looks like a gift. It looks like a gift yeah. that's, with, that's been wrapped up, with a, and the ruby's like a ribbon on the top. Yes, yeah, no, I guess it does look like that. But I tell you what, what's what was very interesting about it is it was the first piece of jewelry I ever designed, and that kind of weirdly. But I kind of was so interested in the practicalities of it, apart from obviously how it looks. So that's the first thing. But I knew I wanted to wear it all the time, so I knew it had to be very sit very flat on my hand. I knew it shouldn't have kind of claw settings, which can get kind of snag on things and I knew I'd have to put a wedding ring under it so actually you can see it's got a little gallery so the red wedding ring goes slots underneath it so I came about and and the other thing that people really don't understand is I thought in my head I wanted an emerald in fact I was absolutely convinced I wanted an emerald and the last thing I wanted was a ruby but when I came to try stones and put them on your skin which is so important when you're choosing a piece of jewellery whatever your preconceived ideas are they're very often very different once you put the stones on your skin so I really encourage all my clients to put stones on their skin and try because I never thought I would have ended up with a ruby yeah. but it's very warm and it it kind of you know suits my skin so I so the answer is I I started to design a kind of new, what, what would be a collection um, of engagement rings and love and commitment rings, what I'd want now. And I knew that I wanted them to be playful. I wanted to be able to wear it different ways so that you can wear one on its own, but you can put a jacket on it and it'll become something very different. And, you know, when you get, when you have a baby, you might want to push presents. So they've all got to work together. <laughs> I haven't had that expression for a long time. The push present. Push present. <laughs> I never got a push present, did you? <laughs> Four children later, I'm still waiting. <laughs> I've had to design my own. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very, very much indeed. And I wish you the very, very best um, for the brilliant breakfast. And I will be signing up as soon as I get off this thing and just thinking about who I'm going to invite to my breakfast. Yes, brilliant. Yeah, Nicole, thank you. Thank you, definitely do that. Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. You can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett. And keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast.